Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, if I were to ask you for a list of reasons why Jesus Christ came into the world, what would you say? I'm sure at the top of many of our lists would be something like, Christ came to pay for our sins in his death on the cross. And, and that, of course, is true. That's perhaps the main thing. However, there's a lot more to it than that. The only thing that matters is Christ's death on the cross. Then we might wonder why didn't God just prepare an adult human body for his son, much like he created Adam? And why didn't Christ come to this earth as a man, die the next day on the cross, and, and get it over with? Well, for one thing, Christ needed to live a perfect life in order to become the perfect sacrifice. And, but at Christmas time, perhaps one of the main purposes of Christ's coming is forgotten. And this is the purpose described in our text. Our text speaks about the prophet God would raise up like Moses for his people. And this, is, of course, is our Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ came into this world not only to die on the cross to pay for our sins... But he also came as our great prophet and teacher to speak God's word. And this perhaps is the underestimated benefit of Christ coming into the world. Christ came to speak the truth. And that's what a fallen world needs. This world needs to hear truth, God's truth. Remember, the fall into sin had happened through the wicked lies of the evil one. And these dark lies not only led to the fall into sin, but it plunged humans and their thinking into darkness. You see, the fall into sin, it affected our minds. It affected our ability to understand the truth about God, to, to know the truth about God, and perhaps the most sinister our desire to know the truth about God. The Canons of Dort summarize it so well when it says, In the beginning man was created in the image of God. He was adorned in his mind with true and wholesome knowledge of his Creator and of all spiritual things, but rebelling against God through in the instigation of the devil and through his own free will, he brought upon himself blindness, horrible darkness, Utility and perverseness of judgment in his mind. Christ came to speak the truth in a world full of lies and darkness. And that's what we need. And so that's why I've summarized the sermon as follows. Our Lord Jesus came into this world as our great prophet to speak the truth. We'll look at two main things. The importance of prophetic truth. And second of all, the reality of prophetic truth in Christ. So our text this morning is from Deuteronomy 18, and God promised to raise up a prophet for his people, a prophet from among God's people, a prophet like Moses, and this prophet would speak all that God commanded him. You could call this passage the prophecy about the prophet, and not just any prophet, no a specific one, the prophet. So through the years, the people of Israel, they waited for God to 
to raise up this prophet as he promised. Now, why did God promise to send a prophet? Why was there this need? Well, we should first see the context of our passage. The human author of Deuteronomy is, of course, Moses. He wrote this book as Israel's at the edge of the land of Canaan, the promised land, about to go in. And God had led Israel through the leadership of Moses for many years. But the people heard, and the people heard the word of the Lord through Moses, but Moses was about to die. And the people would still need to hear God's word. And related to this was God speaking to Israel at Mount Sinai. As this text also mentions, God made his covenant with Israel there. The Israelites, they prepared themselves to finally meet their God who had saved them from Egypt. And as they gathered around Mount Sinai, the, the Lord descended on the mountain. There was thunder and lightning and, and a loud trumpet blast. Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The whole mountain trembled greatly and, and even Moses trembled with fear. And after the Lord spoke to Israel, Israel said, You speak to us, Moses, and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. Well, that doesn't mean that the Lord was angry in his, with his people in any way at Mount Sinai, but it was a display of his, his power and his majesty. It was all too much for Israel to take in. So the Lord says in our text, what they have said is good. So God promised to raise up another prophet like Moses to speak the word of the Lord to them. Now there's another reason why God raised up a prophet like Moses, and that's also because of the situation Israel would face in the land of Canaan. We can read about something we can read some of that in Deuteronomy 18, right before our text. We did not read it, but right before our text, the Lord describes how the Canaanites, the people of the land, how they received instruction. They relied upon the necromancers, the diviners, the fortune tellers, the mediums, and the sorcerers. And these things belong to the works of the devil. They're, they're part of the kingdom of darkness. And these things, they did not bring about the certainty of the truth for the listeners. Instead, they, they brought more confusion. And these things did not bring about wisdom and understanding for the listeners. No, they brought foolishness. They brought more darkness of mind and heart. And the teachings of these nations would not provide Israel with the foundation on which they could rightly build their lives or, or serve their God or flourish as God's people. No, it would bring more wickedness. It's because the teachings of the nations were separated from the Lord, the only God. They were built upon idols and the works of the evil one. This is also largely why we have so much confusion and and foolish thinking in our own time. See, the, the problem is that so much of our world's thinking has been severed from God. 
whether it be in the study of psychology, sociology, or, or philosophy, it leads to futility then. You know, when I was in high school, I thought philosophy was the most ridiculous subject in the world. Why did people try to make things more confusing than they really were? Well, then I had to go back to university to get my BA, and I took some philosophy courses, and I'm, I'm actually glad I did. For one, you learn to see how much even just the average person in our, in our country, how much their thinking has been influenced by philosophers, even though they don't realize it. It also helped me to see how human thinking has, has progressed towards our, to, to where it is today, through the centuries. Or maybe I should, should say how it has regressed one of the courses I took was a philosophy course called The Problem of Truth. It wasn't the best because the content was so good. It helped me to see the futility of human thinking when it's severed from God and the truth of His Word. Now, I'm not going to delve too much into philosophy, but just please bear with me for one moment. Most of you have probably heard the famous words of Rene Descartes cognito ergo sum, I think, therefore I am. Maybe that's the only thing you know about philosophy. Why did Descartes make that statement? He was searching for certainty in his thinking. How could I know the truth? He wanted to find a solid foundation upon which he could build his other knowledge. But notice that statement, I think, therefore, I am. What's the problem? It's based on himself. It's not based on God. And so he went wrong right there. And Descartes, like many others, severed certainty from God and his word. And that's like first cutting down a tree and then trying to study how that tree grows doesn't work because you've severed the tree from its roots. Your study will end up in frustration. And that's what happened also with the course of philosophy. It's been severed from God's Word, and that's why we've ended up with things like postmodernism, philosophy that rejects any overarching story that tries to make sense of our world. That's why we're living in an era that's sometimes called post-truth, where it seems like the truth doesn't even matter. Because of these things, so many people's thinking is in chaos, and there's a crisis of truth in our world and in our culture. So much conflicting information and, and so many truth spins, and People have lost faith in the trustworthiness of so many voices, whether it be the media, whether it be politicians, scientific experts, university professors, what have you. I'm not saying there's no truth out there or, or that we should believe every voice out there. But the state of the world often leaves people wondering, can I be certain about anything? Can I even know the truth? And so many are left without an anchor in their thinking. They don't really know 
who they are, how they got here, or what to believe. They're tossed to and fro by every voice, every wave of teaching, or every opinion on social media, or different news media is warring against each other. But our God does not want us to get sucked into that chaos. He doesn't want to be us to be tossed to and fro by the information chaos of our time. He wants us to be anchored, to be anchored in the truth. He wants us to have the correct foundation, a firm foundation upon which we can build our thinking and our lives. Also so that we can discern the voices in our world and in our culture, but what is right and wrong. Wants our minds to be illumined by the light of His Word as we sang from Psalm 119. Your Word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Right? Without this light, the light of God's Word, we would be in the same darkness as the Canaanites so many centuries ago. We would be in the same darkness as so many people in our world. And notice how seriously God takes this. He knows how important it is for us to know the truth, to know with certainty the truth of God, and to follow that truth in our lives, in our hearts, and in our minds. That's why he also gives a number of stern warnings in our text. One warning is directed to those who speak on God's behalf or claim to speak on God's behalf. Here God, here God says, The prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. Right? The Lord is not fooling around here because he knows how serious this is. It's no little thing to claim to speak God's word only to lead others astray. And that's because God's word is a matter of life and death. Chaos and destruction ensue when false prophecy and false teaching is promoted. Just look at what happened in Israel when false prophets arose. So the person who abuses God's word must die. Must die. A warning is also directed to those who will hear the words of this prophet. The Lord says, whoever will not listen to my words that, I, that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. That is, God will hold him or her to account. And when you, when you look at a passage like Acts chapter, th- Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, they also speak of the prophet. And They say that God commanded that those who did not listen to this prophet would be cut off from God's people. That's how serious this is. So the Lord gives some stern warnings here through Moses, but remember these are for our good. God wants us to know the truth, to love the truth, and to hold on to it for our life and for our well-being so that we might serve him. He has provided it. He provided truth 
all throughout the Old Testament through his prophets. And then, of course, he did it through the great prophet he sent into the world, our Lord Jesus Christ. That brings us to our second point. So the Lord God sent many prophets to his people over the centuries. Prophets like Elijah, Elisha, Ezekiel, and even men like David. Uh, Even men like David received prophetic gifts too. And these faithful prophets, they had the character of the prophet described in our text. None of them spoke presumptuously. Rather, they spoke the word of the Lord just as they were commanded. And this is how 2 Peter 1 describes this. No prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Men spoke from God. God was speaking through them. As the Nicene Creed puts it so nicely, the Holy Spirit spoke through the mouth of the prophets. So the Old Testament scriptures, too, they're the word of the Lord. So all the prophets of God, they they had the characteristics of the prophet here in Deuteronomy 18. However, there's also something special about this prophet. God says he would raise up a prophet like Moses. And there's something unique about Moses. The Lord described this in Numbers 12. Aaron and, Aaron and Miriam opposed Moses. And then the Lord said, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth. Clearly and not in riddles, and he beholds the form of the Lord. The Lord is going to send a prophet like this to his people. That's, of course, our Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father did not speak to him in visions or dreams, but face to face, the Son of God was God's eternal Son. And this is something we can celebrate at Christmas time especially in our post-truth information chaos of the world. As John 1 puts it, from his fullness, we've all received grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And there's so many things in the New Testament Scriptures pointing us to the reality that Jesus is this prophet can point to the gospel of john this theme pops up again and again john 1 says that christ is the light that shines in the darkness and then people ask john the baptist are you the prophet there it comes again john 4 the samaritan woman said to christ sir i can see you are a prophet In John 5, christ said to the pharisees if you believed moses you would believe me for he wrote about me think of our text. In John 6, Christ miraculously fed over 5,000 people, and the people responded. 
This is indeed the prophet who was to come into the world. And then there's John 7, which we read, we read from. People marveled at Jesus at the beginning of this chapter. How could he teach with such wisdom, having never studied? Well, he spoke the very word of God, just as God commanded him. He said, in line with Deuteronomy 18, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. After hearing Christ's teachings, the people said, This really is the prophet. And Pharisees sent officers to arrest Jesus, but they came back empty-handed saying, No one ever spoke like this man. How true that is. What a stunning confession from these officers. No one ever spoke like this man. That's so true of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Pharisees then retorted, No prophet arises from Galilee. But Christ spoke again in John 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now we could cite many more passages. This will suffice for now. What's more important at this point is to see the importance of listening to him. God sent our prophet into the world so that we might listen to him. And follow him. God said he would put his own words in the prophet's mouth. He would speak all that God commanded him. So we must know to reject the words of Christ is to reject God himself. There's no more serious thing than that. As Acts 3 says, those who did not listen to this prophet were cut off from among God's people. Now, in Deuteronomy 18, the Lord anticipated a question that would arise in the people's hearts. You know, if listening to the prophetic word is so serious, how can, how can I know whether the prophet who is claiming to speak God's word is, is really a true prophet? Good question. Well, God gave them a, a certain prophetic test. He said, if what the prophet says does not come to pass, this is a false prophet, you need not fear him. So that was the prophetic test, and we can apply this test to our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we can see his claims always came true, and we can be sure they always will come true. How often did he not predict his coming death in Jerusalem? Not to mention other predictions such as Judas's betrayal, Peter's denial, and the disciples abandoning him. And lest we are in any danger of ascribing these predictions to things made up by the disciples, we can easily point to words from our Lord Jesus that have come true or are still coming true today. In Luke 24, Jesus said, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Right? This has undoubtedly come true, and it will come true in this world. You can be sure about it. Christ passes the prophetic test. 
And not only that, but all of his teachings matched with God's prior words given in the Old Testament. Search the words of Christ, you will see that it aligns perfectly with God's teaching in the Old Testament Scriptures. So we must take these warnings of listening to the prophet to heart. Jesus Christ is a prophet. He speaks the words of God. Remember, these warnings are for our benefit. God wants us to have certainty in our thinking. He wants us to build our lives on the truth of His Word. And the the certainty of Christ's teachings, which we never need doubt. And this also gives us certainty in our salvation. Right? Christ not only died on the cross, but he, in his office of prophet, he, his office of prophet, told us the meaning of the cross. He told us the truth in John 3. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Those words are 100% true. You need never doubt them. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And he told us the truth in John 5. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Again, those words are true. Whoever hears his words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. And so you can know that this is true for you as well. You need never doubt in your heart or in your mind. It's because it's the words of our prophet Jesus Christ. And he came to speak the unvarnished truth. And this is a true antidote to the chaos in the world. See, the problem with today's crisis over truth is that we might train ourselves or, or without even realizing it, be trained to, to hold on to truth claims very lightly, right? Somebody makes a truth claim, and, and, and since there's so much uncertainty in the world, we, we're, not, we're not sure about it. We just hold on to it very lightly. And, and we might not know it is true, and, and so we're slow to believe anything. And the problem is that we can then start to take that same approach to the Bible and to the words of Christ, of God. It could slowly erode our faith or, or perhaps we never learn to grab hold of the truths of God's word with all of our mind and all of our might. The sad result would then be that we're left with a weak faith and the inability to stand firm on the solid foundation of God's truth and His Word. And if we were only to hold on very lightly to 
God's word and the teachings therein, we, we become easy pickings for the devil who's always trying with all his might to erode our faith and our convictions about Christ and about God. But we can resist him by gripping the words of Scripture by the power of the Holy Spirit. God has given us a solid foundation to build our lives on, to build our thinking on. As Christ said at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its crash. Christ wants us to avoid that situation. Then he says, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because I had been founded on the rock. This is where God wants us to go. So this Christmas, we can not only celebrate that Christ came to suffer and die for our sins, that He is our great prophet. He came to speak the truth. And I would encourage you, this Christmas time, your holiday time, to remember and to pause. You can put aside all the the clamor, maybe in the mainstream media, maybe in social media, whatever other media or noise there is out there, you can open up your Bible and you can just be at ease. You can know here is truth. I need never doubt it. I have an anchor for my mind. I can build my life on it. I can follow these words and I will never go wrong when I do. Let me leave you again with the words of our Lord Jesus in John 8. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Amen.